I had the privilege of having a wonderful earthly mother. As I reflect now, uh, you know, I didn't give her all the credit I should have along the way, right? You just don't know. You're ignorant. My mother, not only, I wasn't just the fourth of four personal children for her, but mom taught Sunday school classes and adopted kids in her hearts. But her own siblings, she was the second of nine children. Her mother stayed so sickly. My mother was the firstborn girl, and so she became a mother to all her siblings. So by the time I came along, she had decades of experience of knowing how to deal with kids with their boo-boos, right? And once I got a little age, I thought, you know, my mother got to be the smartest woman in the world. Now, Christy's here, my niece, and my mother actually told Christy that when she was a little girl. She went to school, and she told the teacher, my grandmother's the smartest woman in the world. <laughs> Wasn't too far from being wrong. And I relate that to our God, who just knows how to do the right thing at the right time in the right way. And sometimes we don't give him the credit because we just see things in headline. But he actually has a lot of moving parts, is the way I would describe it, in dealing with us. He doesn't always minister to us in the same way, does he? Sometimes he uses certain people multiple times. Sometimes he'll bring somebody out of obscurity. Sometimes you'll just be turning a radio station on at the right time. Sometimes it's the lyrics of a song that you've actually air guitared in the car going down the road. But then those words just come alive. Sometimes it's opening the Word of God in your own devotion times like, oh, OMG, it's speaking to me. I want you to turn with me to the 23rd Psalm. I, I know we probably feel like we have just squeezed all the juice out of that, but I wonder. I want you to stand with me as we read just the first portion. I want to show you something that came alive to me. Just reading the first three verses, not even all of the third. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or be in want, as some translations say. He makes me, watch this, lie down in green pastures. And if I can just paraphrase a little bit. And sometimes he makes me walk beside still waters. He leads me by them. And sometimes he restores my soul. You see, he doesn't do the same thing every time. We thank you for your word. Lord, let it speak to us today. Let it resonate with us. And let it be one of those things that just stays with us that we never lose again as we walk through different chapters and seasons of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You see, when we look at Scripture and look a little closer, we realize God doesn't always work in the same way. How many knows the Word of God says He makes all things new? So God is capable of doing a new thing in our life. When it comes to salvation, it's not going back and warming up the old person. Behold, we become a new creation. And yet sometimes God doesn't make things new. Sometimes he refreshes things. Sometimes he renews things. 
And sometimes he restores things. Oh, this is good. You see, if you look in the dictionary and just kind of look a little closer and read all the different things, you realize that really is describing how God has worked in my life. And it gives me encouragement knowing he knows what to do at the right time. Because sometimes we just need to be refreshed. Sometimes we don't need a complete work. We just need to be refreshed. We need a new vigor. We need an energy. How many has ever drank an energy drink? If you ever run the Peachtree Road Race on the 4th of July on a hot summer day and you ain't got enough sense to, but to drink it one minute before you take off, take my word for it, don't do that. I learned the wrong way. So sometimes you just need that boost. You just need some energy for the moment just to get you through that moment. He refreshes us. At times, he renews us. And in that, he is stimulating something that's time-release, something that uh, isn't all right now. Sometimes it just begins to bring increase back into our life. And then there's other times... He does the work of restoration. When we just read this passage, we realize that God understands us as a shepherd understands sheep. Notice that the shepherd sometimes makes the sheep lie down in green pastures. See, sheep never, never eat while they're lying down. They're always moving when they eat. Some of you know exactly he's talking about you right You graze through the smorgasbord line. You're eating before you go back to the table. You know who you are. You can't even get out of QT with something and wait till you sit down. You're eating it going through the door. You know who you are. So he makes them to lie down in green pastures because it's cooling. It's calming. It keeps the, the sheep from colicking. It isn't time to eat. It's the heat of the day. I need you to get you lying down first. I don't want you overheating. So he makes us lie down in green pastures. How many of you are like me? You don't like to lie down very much. you got to be moving. And then something comes along and you, he makes you lie down. And you've got your arms folded the whole time, but you know God knows what he's doing. Can I at least have one more amen? amen. I'm, I'm not the only hard head in the house. Okay. Really, I'm not hard-headed. I'm just driven. There's a difference. And, so, and then he leads me beside the still waters. You see, again, sheep are fearful of moving water because they got all this wool. They'll drown. So the shepherd knows that about them. They become fearful with life. So if he can't find a place that has still water, then he'll create it for him. If that means going out in the river and taking rocks and damming it up to where they can walk in still waters. You see, sometimes he's refreshing. Sometimes he's doing a process of renewing. And then sometimes, and I love this right here. This is what drew me here. He restores the soul. Sometimes we think of restoration of a house. It's a process. Sometimes we're restoring a piece of furniture. Sometimes we're restoring a car. Again, not a resto mod. We're talking about restoring, taking it back, 
taking it back to original. Mm, this is good. See, we're so used to getting modified and modified, we forget who we are somewhere in the process. I think I used to be that. And God knows he needs to restore the soul. My, my, my. The process that it takes, the effort, the energy, the equipment to bring value back to something, to restore it to a normalcy, to bring it back where it belonged, to a state of health, to a state of value, to a state of vigor. This is what the psalmist realized. That's why at times he doesn't do the same thing. Sometimes he makes me lie down in green pastures. Sometimes that's not my answer. Sometimes I'm really thirsty, but I'm fearful. I don't know what to do. I need help. I call upon my shepherd, and he'll lead me. He'll lead me. I'm going to follow him. He'll lead me because he knows it's got to be still water. That's all I do. I don't do rushing water. I don't do moving water. I do still water. He knows me. And at times, he knows I need to be restored. You see, the soul is literally the epicenter of our life. It is that principle of life. It's, it's the feelings, the seat of emotion in us. And yes, it's separable from the body. These bodies will go back to the dust from which they came. But the soul, it's separable. When it comes to the soul, he understands so much about us. The psalmist again wrote so many times, Psalms 34, 19, many are the afflictions, right, of the righteous. Many. Now, it goes on to tell us he'll deliver us, but this, just camp out there the first part of that truth. Many are the afflictions. We go through life and we get beat up. Can I hear an Amen. We see things coming and we can't do anything about it. Sometimes that hurts the worst. I couldn't, I couldn't move. Sometimes it blindsides us. Sometimes it's a repeat situation. It's like, oh my God. again, have you ever hit that thumbnail with a hammer? I'm here to tell you that hurts. But you got to continue the work and you got to use that same hand to hold another nail. And you're like, I, boy, if I do anything, I don't want to hit that nail again. <laughs> and you find yourself just like, can I figure some other way to do it? No. This is good preaching, isn't it? It's where we live. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. It hits us right in the soul. Psalms 42. We speak to our own soul. We simply say, why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why are you in such turmoil? When you read all of Psalms 42, it starts off with that beautiful, picturesque thing in our mind as a deer panteth after the water brooks. That's one of my favorite verses, by the way. I like water brooks. <laughs> Just a thought. And he, but he keeps repeating over and over. Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? Have hope in God. You can hear him encouraging himself, but I'm going through it right now. Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? 
And then insult to injury, right? There's this repeat chorus going on from somebody else that we don't see in the psalm, but we hear their voice. Where's your God now? Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why is there such turmoil? And they're saying, where's your God? Oh yeah, you're that preacher. You're that Sunday school teacher. Oh, you go to church regularly. Oh, you're always saying, the Lord just blesses me. The Lord's so good to me. Where's your God now? Your body's sick. Anybody with me right now? Where's your God now? Well, you're going through that torment with your kid. Your grandchildren are breaking your heart. The storm hits your house. Your car didn't just break down this week. Your truck also broke down. The washing machine quit, and the dryer's making a funny noise. <laughs> Many are the afflictions of the righteous. In this life, we suffer loss. Loss of relationships. Loss of finance. Loss of possessions. Loss of confidence. You can just go on and on. And any of these hits, they hit right at the soul. And there's times that God says, I need to encourage you right now. I'm going to send a refreshing rain in your spirit and your soul right now. Sometimes it's more than that. It's that renewing. We just need to stimulate. Come on. And that's what you hear the psalmist doing. Why my soul says cast down? Have hope in God. Have hope in God. Have hope in God. How many has been there? How many has been quoting scripture when you haven't got your answer yet? Yeah. God said it. I believe it. But it's not done yet. God said it. God said, if God said it, if God said it, then my, what's the, I believe it. I, then I'm just going to stand under his promises. I'm going to stand. I'm just going to trust God. By his stripes, I'm healed. I don't see it yet. Ugh. I don't see it yet. Ugh. But I'm going to trust my God anyhow. He said it. Sometimes it's that whole process of restoration. And then in restoration, it gets a little tougher sometimes, William. Now, I'm not just preaching to you, but I'm sure that you're going to amen me on this. Sometimes it's our fault. Oh, the blame game. It's that wife, God, you gave me. It's that stupid man I married. It's these kids. Sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's our faults. Isaiah 53 simply says again with the metaphor of the sheep, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. Sometimes we think we've got all the answers. Sometimes we think we can do it. And sometimes we know what we're doing, but it looks so enticing. And it's not just the lust issues or whatever. Sometimes it's just that temper that just wants to express itself. And your finger's already pinched up. You just want 
Give somebody a piece of your mind. I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to tell them off anyhow. And you only make it worse. And later on, you'll, you'll admit, I know I shouldn't have done it. I, I, I know it felt good in the moment, but I'm still reaping the whirlwind. Sometimes it's our fault. And sometimes it's our fault, not because we've sinned per se, but it's because we reacted instead of responding. Been there, done that, got the t-shirts. Why? Because of this soul. I'm tired of getting hurt. I'm tired of getting stabbed in the back. I'm tired of being invisible. I'm tired of feeling numb. Come on, anybody with me? My soul is weary. My body's walking through. It might be limping, but I'm used to that. It's just getting old. But my soul, why are you cast down, oh, my soul? Well, I'll give you about 100 reasons why. God, I don't need a refreshing or renewing. You know that. I need you to restore my soul. I need you to put me back on the assembly line and do a new work in me. I need you to get me on the surgical table. I need help. I'm angry. I'm disappointed. I'm bitter. Oh, my soul, why why is there so much turmoil? Because that soul takes that hit. It's the Hebrew writer 12 and verse 5 pick up. He just goes through this whole thing. God chastises those that he loves. He chastises us for our own good. He does it in love. He trains us in the discipline of restoration. And although it's painful, it brings peaceful results. Again, just lately, I've been reminded again of surgical pain. I don't care what part of the body they're cutting on. It hurts. However, why are you having the surgery? Because something isn't right and it needs to be restored. There's a process to it. and God's no different with us. So this whole restoration, getting it back to original Getting back to health. Isn't it amazing how you can meet some people, maybe just describing yourself, where you just go through the season and you're mad at everything and everybody. Just snarling, just fussing, just nagging. Until finally, that person's like, oh, I know, I'm just impossible to deal with right now. I just don't even deal with me right now. I, I, I'm all mixed up. I'm, I'm angry. I'm, and they even realize it, right? And somewhere down the road, you meet them again. Maybe, maybe they're in your household and you see them every day. But somewhere, somehow, something happens and then you're, you're with them again. And they're like, man, you could slap their jaws till they ring like dinner bells and they'd just laugh at you. <laughs> Whatever happened? What? Because what? there's been a change. 
been a change in the soul. There's been a, a restoration. There's nothing, absolutely nothing going on in my life that God's not aware of it. He's got me. He's got this. And so what's so amazing is he knows how to deal with me. Sometimes just a simple attaboy just is all you need. How, how many is with me? I learned about myself. I, I've, I've always had a strong work ethic. And, and as a young man, teenager, early 20s, whatever, oh, man, if somebody just said, you can't do that, you know what I heard them saying? Sick them, boy, do it. I wasn't smart enough to know they were setting me up. And sometimes it wasn't just that. It's if you'll just give me a word of affirmation. Oh, man, what else do you need? I'll tell you a funny story on a previous youth pastor here, Alan Weaver. A few of you remember him. Alan would tell a hanging crime on himself anytime. And Alan was always doing something crazy. Sister Langdon, we were living down in Monroe, and you and Brother Langdon owned that little farm down there. And we found out when the little farm was purchased that the fencing was only on three sides of the farm, not the fourth. So as soon as Brother Langdon brought a horse down, that horse walked that fence line and found out where he could get out, and he got into the neighbor's garden. Our new neighbor wasn't real happy with their new neighbor. So we talked it through and reconciled, and so Alan Weaver was working for my father-in-law here. I was working for Brother Hampton in Monroe, and our day off, Brother Langdon brought Alan down, and we're out working in the heat of the summer with a post hole digger, trying to get through Georgia clay that's like concrete. How many? And we're setting those posts, and Alan is fussing and nagging every cut. And, he's, and that old man, Brother Langdon in this story, he's up there in the house drinking tea and in air conditioning. We're out here working. That old man, he ought to be out here helping us, just fussing, just fussing, just fussing. In the afternoon, Brother Langdon come out and said, boys, I appreciate what you're doing. Man, you know, I can't do what you all do. You're so strong. <laughs> Alan drank every bit of that cup, man. Can, can, can I, I don't want to just get you, can I go get your refreshment? I'll come back. Oh, that would be great. Thank you, Brother Langdon. I'm just so glad to be here. It's just, we're enjoying out here. He walks off and Alan looks at me and says, am I stupid or what? <laughs> I said, you just met Walter Langdon. <laughs> Can I hear an amen, Nanny? And sometimes God just looks at Randy and said, I know you. And all you need right now is an attaboy. And I'm just going to refresh you. At other times, it's no. He knows he needs to lead me by still waters and renew me. And there's those times he just needs to restore my soul. Would you stand with me today? Mm -hmm.